discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Are you glad you're in church today? Ah. All right. The last time I met you, the last time I was with you was about two weeks ago, isn't it? And I started sharing concerning some few things. I spoke about the word of prophecy and the spirit of prophecy. How many of you remember? The word of prophecy and the spirit of prophecy. I started by talking about how that you don't need a prophet to direct you. A lot of people are contacting prophets, contacting soothsayers who are now in the, in the guise of prophets and all that. Doing all kinds of things for them. Different oils, different uh, pomades, different water, whatever. Hallelujah. You don't tell anybody you don't need all that. Hallelujah. You, don't, you, really, you honestly don't need all that. Okay? What you need is God's word. God's word is a more sure word of prophecy. And I quoted a scripture for you in First Peter, isn't it? Do you remember? Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1. I read from verse 16 to verse 21. I want you to remember the things I share with you. Okay? Because we are, I'm building you up to a point. So I want you to remember all the things that I shared. Everything I share with you. I would require you to remember. Hallelujah. If you don't remember, then I've not done anything. I've not taught you anything, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm glad when I said the word that you added of prophecy and you added the spirit of prophecy. It means that you heard me when I was preaching and teaching you the last time. Hallelujah. I try to teach the word of God for you to be able to also teach others. That's how it's supposed to be. You must also be able to teach others. Can you teach someone when you go to school? You go to school, they teach you something. Are you able to teach someone who was absent from the class? You, you're able to teach the person, isn't it? Because you understood exactly what happened. And hence, you can transfer the knowledge. Knowledge is transferable. It has to be transferred. So whatever you, you hear in the word of God must be heard in such a way that you know it to the point that you can transfer it to others. That is why you must document things. That is why you must write, you must write things. Like you don't come to church with your hands just like that. I don't know how supernatural you are. We are all supernatural. But God has given us memory. Isn't it? They say if you say you are learning and you're not writing anything, you are actually making a fool of yourself. Is it true? If you go to school and you're calculating mass, and you're calculating the mass with your mind standing, I mean sitting by your book and reading the math, is it going to work? We don't read math. We calculate mass. You have to write it down. Write things down. If you're studying literature and you're not writing some points down, I remember when I was in secondary school, they said we should read literature. I read things all apart many years. I don't know if who, who read things all apart as well. As exam, like you examine on it. You examine on it in secondary school. Eh? Wow. Because that's a long time ago. I'm surprised you examined on it in school. Hallelujah. Yeah. You had to, we had to learn. I didn't like those things. Like, 
he came with Funa and all those people. Uh, uh, and then there was a, there was another one we read, Marriage of Anansawa. He had to talk about props and Charlie. I didn't. I was not enjoying those things, but I had to. I had to go for extra classes on that because I re- yeah. I realized that if I don't, if I'm not smart, I will fail the. I will fail the English. You know, English is very difficult. Yeah. English is not a small thing. Oh. I had to. I I realized I had to go for extra. So I went for extra classes for like a year before I was able to pass. I had a B in English. I, Charlie clapped for me. I think I did well. <laughs> hey, I remember summary. Summary. There was this woman. Our summary question. It wasn't a small thing. Oh, there was this woman who was. Uh, I don't. I, she was a gay girl, like old professor. Hey, she was bringing her gay things into the summary. Hey, so it's not easy for us. Hallelujah. I don't know if you remember her, professor something. That that book. Hey, it was a very serious thing. Hallelujah. When I read the book, I realized I don't know anything. I have to. If I'm not smart, I'll fail. You know. So. There's a law, there's a principle of learning. Okay, the principle of learning says whatever you claim you're learning must be documented. The lessons you learn must be documented. Same thing with the, the word of God. If you want to know it, I didn't set out to be a pastor. Just like any other person in the church. I have not seen any vision to be a pastor. I just knew in my spirit that do this. And that's why I'm standing where I'm, I'm standing. I've learned by writing things down documenting things down and going over them. That's how we learn. If you don't do that, you can sit in church for 20 years and not know anything. And the devil will take advantage of you if you don't know anything. What the devil uh, 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 thrives on is ignorance. Say ignorance. ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance. He thrives on ignorance. I think First Corinthians, no, Second Corinthians 2.11, right? Yeah. He says, lest Satan should get an advantage of what? Read it to me. One to everybody. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. In some people's lives, the devil has an advantage. Do you understand advantage? It's like playing, in a, playing soccer. Okay? And you're playing 10 against 11. Or 9 against 11. Who has the advantage? The guy with the 11 players has more advantage than you. If the guy with the nine players is able to succeed in winning and scoring goals, it will be a, it will be news for many many years. Is it true? Yes. Yeah, because the guy had fewer players, but was able to overcome you. So if you don't know the scriptures, if you don't know the word of God, you have allowed the devil to have an advantage over your life. The devil is a smart guy. He's been around for a very long time. The demons that are around are not new demons. Demons and angels don't reproduce. Jesus said it, that in heaven will be like the angels who neither marry nor are given in marriage. They don't reproduce. They are, they are, they are, their creation was created at once, and every one of them is a creation. Every angel is a, is a creation. He has his own. You remember about Lucifer? Lucifer had his own. He was a, he was a, he was a creation like no other. Nobody was after him. So all the angels are creations. They have their own... They are creations that don't reproduce. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You like what I'm saying? Yeah. So the demons... You see, the demoniac of Gadara, I don't know if you remember that story. The guy who was cast out by G, the demon... The guy who had plenty of demons. Some people range the demons from 7,000 to 57,000. Demons in one person. 
the demons left the guy, entered some pigs, and the pigs were not even, even the pigs were not comfortable. <laughs> so the pigs ran away into the sea and died. They said, we will not we will commit suicide rather than have you guys inside us. They went straight into the sea and died. Now, those demons are still around. Maybe some is around. Just around. Yeah, yeah. They are just, same demons. They've not changed. And they've been around longer than you have. Have you realized that they've been around in this earth more than you have? Longer. They are smart. They know all the tricks. They know what to do. They know everything. So if you don't know your word, if you don't know the Bible, they will take, you are giving them advantage of you. He says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Don't be ignorant. Okay? Ignorance. The devil doesn't have any power. It's just, he just thrives on ignorance. He just thri- there was, a, there was an, a movie I watched some time ago. Old movie. The devil was put on trial. Someone took the devil to court. Something like that. He was suing the devil. Yeah, something like that. And the devil, the guy accused the devil of killing tens of thousands and millions of people. And the devil laughed in the courtroom. Very nicely, I think you should see it. He laughed in the courtroom and said, as far as I'm concerned, I've killed only one or two people. But the rest, I don't, I don't know what you are talking about. That's what he said. I don't know what you are talking about. I don't know who you are. I've, killed, I've not killed anybody. If you don't know your Bible, he will deceive you. He thrives on something called deception. He's, he, he, it's called cunning craftiness. Delusions, deception, deceit. Those are his devices. He's a liar. He's a very, very big liar. He can take the word of God and just twist it. Just one sentence and everything is... Let me give you an example. Can I, can I show you an example? Look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. It's very interesting. Luke chapter 4. Let's not, this is not my focus, so I won't read too much. Let me just show it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Luke chapter 4. Let's read verse 6. Luke chapter 4, yes, but let's read verse 9 instead. Hallelujah. It's very interesting. Can you read to me? One to go. Mm-hmm. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The guy has quoted a scripture, isn't it? You think he doesn't know the Bible? He knows it. You think he doesn't believe in God? He believes in God. The Bible says that the, devils believe, the devil believes in God and quakes, he trembles. Do you see? He believes. And he, because he, he was with God before. Those, those who don't believe in God, even the devil believes in God. You have gone beyond the devil. He said, go, go back. He says, go, he says it, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, this particular scripture is a scripture in Psalm 91. Okay, so the devil was quoting Psalm 91. Now let's go to Psalm 91 and see if he quoted it well. (coughs) Hallelujah. Psalm 91. Let's read from verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. 
They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. What has he omitted? Has he omitted something? Is it the same thing? It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. I wish you could put the two together so that we compare the two and then see. Go, go back. Go to verse 11. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, comma, to keep thee in all thy ways. This is what he has omitted. To keep thee in all thy ways. And he added the next thing to it, the next verse to it, and quoted it for Jesus. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Go back to the one in Luke chapter 4. You see it. You see what I'm talking about. You will not see, they shall keep thee in all, to keep thee in all thy way. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Have you seen it? He just left it at keep thee. Keep thee where? Hallelujah. So he can just extract, just, he can just, I remember some time ago, a prophet in Akka had a vision, very powerful prophet, popular prophet in Akka. He had a vision. He said, I saw a young man reading the Bible. And all of a sudden, I saw a hand of an ape. The hand looked like the hand of an ape or a monkey. And it turned the Bible upside down, and the boy was still reading it and teaching others. So you realize that some people are quoting scriptures, but what they are seeing is actually not what the Bible is saying. I see what I'm talking about. The thing has been turned upside down for them. Just some small mission, some small thing, something. So you can just, if you don't know it, you can just use something small to just twist your mind. Before you realize you are in error, you are going very, very far away into things you are not supposed to get into. He shall keep thee in all thy way. Well, he just said he shall keep thee. Hallelujah. Yeah, and if you read on, you realize that all the way he's talking about is the way of the Lord, actually. What God has said, not what you want to do, but what God has said. The Amplified says it very well. For look, Psalm, okay, go to Psalm 91, verse 11. Let's read it in the Amplified. You like my message? Yeah. For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and what? How was that obedience to God if Jesus was going to respond to him? It's no obedience to God. Are you seeing it? Yeah. That is the most important part of the whole scripture. Have you realized it? It's not in every, it's not just to keep you or whatever. It's in obedience and in service to God. If you jump, because you want to jump. Nobody will come and come and catch you. No angel will come and catch you. You must jump because God said to jump. Not because you felt like jumping or someone said you should jump. That is what happens. You know, I, I, some years ago, there was, there was a story concerning some guys, some Christians. Four of them. They were all ladies. It happened in Korea, South Korea. You know, they had heard a message concerning how Jesus walked on water. They got to, uh, uh, they went for a crusade, got to a river. The river was flooding, you know, overflowing its banks. And then they said, oh, if Jesus did it, we can also do it. So they held each other's hands and started walking into the river. The, the, their bodies were found four days after. Yeah. Their bodies were found four days after. Their bodies were washed on, on to the shore four days after. 
that God disappoints them. Emphatically, you, know, you are being foolish. You must not just decide that, okay, I'm going. It's, it's, there's something called faith. You act based on what God has said, not based on what you think. Hallelujah. Or else you'll not get the result. You will not get the result. If you have not really, you have to spend time with God's word for that to come out of the word of God to you. It's called Rema. Do you see? See Rema. Rema. And there's Logos, the written word. You can't just act on the written word. You have to allow the word of God that is written to be spoken through your heart to you. Then you act on it. Then you produce results. Another group, Charles and Frances Hunter, they were ministers together. They also got to the, the bank of a river. When they got there, there was no boat to cross. They were supposed to go to the other side. There was no boat to cross. Then God spoke to one of them, I think uh, Frances, that's a woman, that you can cross, walk on the water. So she told the husband, God says you should walk on the water. They held each other's hands and walked on the water to the other side. What was the difference between the two of them? One had God say something. The other did not. When they were coming back, there were boats there. They didn't walk on the water. They got in the boats and got to the other side. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? <laughs> so you don't, faith is not foolishness. Neither is it presumption. Okay? Yeah. So if you don't know the word of God, just, that's why you must have access to the word of prophecy. You don't need someone to direct you. Just open your Bible for yourself. Don't let it be a book you open only on Sunday morning. And for most of us, it's like that. And it's wrong. You, 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 you are not going to get the right result if you do it like that. God is not looking for some portion of you. He's looking for all of you. So I started talking about the word of prophecy. How that Peter mentioned that. We saw him, we held him, we related with him, we saw his glory and all that. But uh, it's powerful. The most important thing is that you relate to the more sure word of prophecy that we have now. If you relate to it, the day star and the day dawn will rise in your heart. That's what, Paul, that's what Peter said in, in 2 Peter chapter 1. Hallelujah. From verse 16, go there. He says, for we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He says, we saw his majesty. You remember, we, he heard God speak to him concerning Jesus. He saw Jesus' clothes tending to become white. He saw him multiplying fish, multiplying bread. He saw all those things. Go to the next verse. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Peter heard this. So he's telling you, I heard it. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard. Have you seen it? When we were with him in the holy mount. Verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, which is the Bible you are holding in your hand. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. He says, if you, if you, you, you do well that you take heed to it. You listen to what it's saying. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. The word of God is as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Unto the day dawn. And the day star arise in your heart. Who is the day dawn? The day star and the day dawn is Christ. He's talking about Jesus. He says you pay heed to it until he rises in your heart. It's very important. And I explained all this the last time. The word of prophecy is very important. Meaning that you have to know what the word of God says. Concerning you, concerning Christ, concerning different things. If you don't know it, you have trouble. I know I'm not going to be sick in my life because 
I know from the word of God, from the word of prophecy, not because a prophet came to tell me that. Mark Castillo, I can see you will never be sick in your life. Now, though sometimes some of those things you even forget it, but the more sure of prophecy is never forgotten because it's always with you. You always remember it. You need to know what he's saying concerning you, concerning God, concerning different things. Hallelujah. You don't need any material on the, on the outside to be able to work a miracle. <laughs> Bible says that he healed them with his word. There was a place where he, he, he molded dust. Uh, he spat into the, onto the ground, got some dust, and then molded eyes and gave it, gave it to someone who did not have eye. He didn't have eyeballs. The guy began to see. That does not mean that you have to start a ministry of spitting and mud. Do you understand? It doesn't mean that. Depend a ministry of sculpture. <laughs> you have to allow God to show you what to do. There was a minister like that who could use spit. He could use a spit to heal people. He would just spit on your eyes. And you begin to see right now. Because that's what God had told him to do. Do you see? I know a minister who, they use tongues to heal. They speak in tongues. As they're speaking, Mona at Keshe Pestosto Palpala. People start walking. People start, things start happening. Depending on what God has told you to do. Don't start a ministry along that line. Coco blessing ministry. Because you bless Coco for somebody, for the person to be healed, now you are into Coco. <laughs> Anointed Coco ministries. It's a mistake. The word of God is the most important thing. Any ministry that is not built on God's word is, 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 is a ministry waiting to fail. It will fail. It will not last. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we spoke about the more sure word of prophecy. And then I spoke also about the spirit of prophecy. The fact that the, more sure, the, the word of prophecy cannot function without the spirit of prophecy. And the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of what? Of Jesus Christ. Where is that found? Tell me. Revelation what? Revelation chapter 19 verse 10. Hallelujah. Let's look at it. Revelation chapter 19 verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant. And of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. I have the testimony of Jesus. Or the witness of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What you see, the word of God actually speaks concerning Jesus Christ. Everything in the Bible actually speaks concerning Jesus Christ. If you are reading the Bible and you are not getting closer to Jesus, there's something wrong. If you are reading the Bible and you are, you are not getting to know Jesus some more, there's something wrong. There's everything wrong with you. Some people are reading the Bible and are getting closer to something else. You know what I'm talking about? You can't read the Bible and get close to a man. Who is a man? I'm not talking about boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm talking about like, you, you, you are reading the Bible, now you are, you are worshipping a man. No, it doesn't work like that. Hallelujah. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. The word of prophecy speaks concerning Jesus. And everything and everyone in the Bible actually talks or is, is an example of Christ himself. And you must see it in the pages of the scriptures. The more we read, the more we, we get to love him. And the more we love him, the more we reciprocate his love. Hallelujah. Hmm. It's, a, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? Whatever is taught must always have Jesus 
your, the Holy Spirit influences your emphasis as a minister or influences your emphasis as a child of God. What you see in the scriptures. What are you seeing? You know, some people are reading the thing and they are seeing something else. Hey! Isn't that amazing? They are seeing what? Astrology. They are into astrology, astronomy, whatever. How to curse. How can you read the Bible when you, the ultimate thing that comes out of your study of the scriptures is how to curse. Meanwhile, when Jesus came, he said that, bless those that curse you. When he came to curse, Jesus himself said that, bless them that curse you. Do good to those who despise, despitefully use you. Have you read those scriptures in your Bible before? So I don't know why you read the Bible and now you are into curses. You didn't catch the spirit of prophecy that is embedded in the scriptures. You caught another spirit. Do you like my, do you, do you like what I'm saying? How many of you like what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't, you, so you can't get into, into certain things. You are now into praying to kill devils. Die, 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 die. Listen, spirits don't die. Do you know spirits don't die? So your prayer is wrong. The earlier you change, the better. You catch another spirit that you are not supposed to catch. Before you realize, you are now into another thing altogether. Hey. Yeah, it's that much you have to five as forty-four. But I see want to love your enemies. Hey, this is something. This is something people don't want to. Christians today they don't want to hear this particular thing. Love your enemies. If you don't love your enemies, how can you convert them to Christ? No, Jesus is not interested in cursing people. He's interested in converting people to become his children, including your enemies. Now you can have, who are you to have enemies? How come you have enemies? You see, normally when they, when they are talking about they are, they are killing their enemies, they are thinking about their wives, their husbands, their brothers, their cousins, somebody. Is it true? Yes. Is what I'm saying true? Yes. It's very true. A business colleague, someone, some, something. The Bible says that those who are looking for us to kill, to kill us, we should love them. By loving them, he says, you mount a coal of fire upon their heads. That's what Jesus said, though. So it's like the Christianity people are practicing today. It's another type of Christianity that we don't know about. We don't know where it came from. It's another type. All this vengeance, whatever. Like when someone does something to you, eh, you will see what I will do to you. Charlie? Something bad will happen to you. He says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So when they are persecuting you, he says, pray for them. Hey. So, can you imagine people doing the opposite nowadays? Because they are not, they've not caught the spirit of prophecy. They are not seeing into the, the thing. Hallelujah. Someone read about Adam and said that the fruit Adam partook is a, a sex. Like the fruit that Adam and Eve partook of is actually sex. That the, the serpent had sex with Adam, with Eve, and Eve had sex with Adam. That is why we are where we are. The devil in between my ties. Hey. Is, that what, is that what the Bible says? If it was sex that brought sin into the world, who then can? <laughs> And how come, how come when Jesus came, when Jesus came and was redeeming humanity, he didn't use that particular thing. He didn't use sex as a means of, 
Because it means that Jesus is dead. Because Jesus didn't have sex before he died. All those of you want to have sex before you die. I know someone when they say that Jesus is coming soon, he says that, please, Jesus, stay until I marry. Let me marry before you come. Give the Lord a shout if you are like that. Hallelujah. Sit down, sit down. Yeah, you want to marry. If, 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 if Jesus, if that was the case, then Jesus should have used sex like as a means of redeeming humanity. You understand? You are not catching the spirit. We are catching something else. It's wrong. Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I began by talking about different things. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2. I use Colossians chapter 2 if you remember. I'm just trying to recap for those of you who aren't here. And those of you who are here but didn't write anything down. Colossians chapter 2. I read from verse 16. How the Christ is everything, isn't it? All the things in the Old Testament are representative of Christ. They are all they all bear witness to who Jesus is. Do you see? He says, let no man therefore judge you in meat. Or he says, don't let anybody judge you concerning food. Some people say that you can't buy food from, uh, from Muslims. Because the food that is being sold, the water being sold by the, the woman, by Hajia, is from idols. Like, because she doesn't worship the God we all worship. And that Jesus follow that Jesus will follow. So we don't eat her food. It's wrong. The Bible says that that which is sold in the shambles, buy and eat without asking questions. That's in First Corinthians chapter eight. Eh? Go go there. Go there. First Corinthians chapter eight. It's very nice. It's very very nice. From verse four, it says, "As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world." Eh? and that there is none other God but one continue for though there be that are called God whether in heaven or in earth as there be gods many and lords many so he admits that they are gods they are lords whatever but to us he says but to us there is but one God save one God, one God. the father of whom are all things eh? and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things and we by him we live by him we live in him so what is your problem Go on. Go on to verse 7. How be there is not in every man that knowledge? For some with conscience of an idol, unto this hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. So it says those who are eating with the conscience of an idol, your conscience will be weakened. Verse 8. But meat commended us not to God. Food is not what brings us closer to God. Eat your cocoa, eat your wache, eat your tozafi. Message version. Let's read message. My, my brother says message. Verse 8. But fortunately, God doesn't grade us on our diet. Simple. But someone has made a theology out of it. Food to eat and food not to eat. Hallelujah. We are neither commended when we clean our plates nor reprimanded when we just can't stomach it. In other words, if you eat everything, fine. If you don't eat, it's also fine. Go back to King James. But God has, verse 9, but take it lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Very, very important, okay? 
For if any man see, go to the place where it says, that which is sold in the shambles. Eat without asking questions. I want, that's the only verse I'm really looking at. First Corinthians 10 25. Go to chapter 10. Whatsoever is sold in the shambles, that eats asking no questions for conscience sake. Have you seen it? Do you understand what shambles mean? Shambles mean market. Amplified. Maybe amplified will, will say something else. As to meat offered to idols, eat anything that is sold in the market, in the meat market without raising any question or investigating on the grounds of being conscientious scruples. You don't understand. Message. You don't understand conscientious scruples. With that as a base to work from, common sense can take you the rest of the way. Eat anything sold at the butcher shop. For instance, you don't have to run an idolatry test on every item. It's a message. It's a message. No idolatry test like this one. Is this one from from where, where did they where did they where did they what, which abattoir was it? Which who who killed the animal? It's useless. What do you, can you do that? You can't do that. So what's your problem of getting into all these things? Christ is the meat. Christ is our food. He's everything. So he says that don't let anybody judge you when it comes to food. You buy some food. Your friend who, who goes to whatever says that hey. You do you know that the woman did it? We will eat it. I will eat it. However, if it worries his conscience, I will not eat it for, for his sake. Because if you eat it and he's there and he's seeing you and he's also emboldened to go and eat it, meanwhile, he doesn't believe what you believe, you'll have problems. That is what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. So just be happy. He says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink. Eh? We are not saying go and boozo. <laughs> But like, oh, don't drink this, don't drink that. Don't. Or in respect of an holy day, there are some days that are holy. There are some days that are not holy. Brother, in Christ, all days holy. Or of the new moon. Some people are into celebrating new moon. Celebrating holy days. Cel- celebrating Sabbath days. Christ says, the body, go to the next verse, verse 17. Which are a shadow of things. They are all, and all that we just read is actually what happened in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, they had meats. Okay? And drinks. The meats and drinks were offered every single day. Every single day, you have, they give, they have uh, offerings for a meal. We have the, uh, 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 what is it called? Give me the names. Some of the offerings that were given. Meal offering, bent offerings. There were drinks that were pouring peace offerings, all kinds of offerings. Daily. All the offerings represent Christ. So right now, you don't need to be pouring libation to be able to get close to God. Because now Christ is living inside you. Okay, he says all those things are a shadow of the things that were to come. But the body, the reality is of Christ. Christ is the reality. Jesus is the reality. If you have Jesus, you have all things. No need to complicate your life. Don't you like simple things? Yeah, so just don't complicate your life. Don't get into now, today's uh, uh, Urim, uh, whatever. Today's uh, 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 Hanukkah, Rosh Hashanah. You, you dress in a certain way, you are standing somewhere. What I do, I'm celebrating the Passover. Ah, Christ is the Passover. The Bible says that Christ, our Passover lamb, is a sacrifice. He's our, he's our Passover. What's your problem? Why do you need to do things to show that you are living in pa- You see, it doesn't make sense. Christ is, is Christ not living inside you? So what is your problem? Tell me about what's your problem. And so all those things speak of Christ. They all speak of Christ. So Christ is our day, our daily offering. The holy days were specific in a year. They were celebrated yearly. So Christ is our year. 
The, the Sabbath days were every weekend, every Sunday, every Saturday, isn't it? Every week. Christ is my week. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The new moon was monthly. Christ is my month. You don't need to celebrate new moon. You don't need to celebrate whatever. You don't need to look into the moon to be able to tell what time it is so that you can celebrate God in a certain way. Brother, it's a waste of energy. Tell me why it's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. Rather, you are supposed to see all those offerings, and we are going to look into it. You can look at all those offerings and all those things that were done and see what Christ represents for you and celebrate Christ in your life. It gets you closer to God. You get to know what Jesus did for you. And the first thing I, the first, so I, I started using people, the types of people that are in the Bible. I mentioned Adam. And the first thing I mentioned about Adam was that Adam was the first of men, isn't it? He was the first in place of men. But Christ is actually the first in place of all things. And I mentioned how you must make Jesus the first in your life. As you talk about Adam being first, you must look at Christ being the first in your life. Not a boy becoming the first person in your life. Or a certain lady becoming the first person in your life. When you wake up in the morning, the first person you say hi to, you call, baby. I don't know what I'll do without you. All throughout the night, I was thinking about you. You marry to and we don't see anything. You marry, we don't see anything. Hallelujah. Let Jesus be the first in your life. Jesus must be the first in your life. That's what I ended. I ended the last time, isn't it? Christ must be the first. He must have the first place. He must be the first in everything. Your wife shouldn't be first. Your children shouldn't be first. Yeah, Jesus said that give up father, mother, children, wife, lands, all those things for my sake and for the gospel. He says, I will give all those things back to you a hundredfold. It's a secret that a lot of people have not learned. What to put first in their lives. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. They don't know, to the, they don't know the secret to real, real success. Real success is not chasing things. Though. You see, depending what you are chasing de- defines what, what is first in your life. If your job is what defines you, why, why couldn't you come for this meeting? You know, Pastor, my, the way my work is, it's not easy for me to do some things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm into this work thing, and uh, every, every time my boss needs me, before your boss needed you, <laughs> Listen, eh, listen. Don't spend your life. It matters how you spend your life. I'm not saying work is wrong. I have worked before and I still work. I work in the house of God. I'm a church man. Hallelujah. I'm into church things. One day you also join me. We all work in the Lord, the vine of the Lord. Yeah, because we have to preach the gospel in various places. And I need some of you to go with me to go and preach. What do you think? Are you ready to go with me? That's why I'm preaching these things to you. So that by the time it gets to you coming to come and do something for the Lord, you don't say, Pastor, you know my work is, brother, leave the thing and come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in the church. I've worked before. I'm not saying work is bad. Work is very good. But let God be first in your life. Let Jesus be the first person in your life. Let him have that preeminence in your life. Do you understand? No matter how tough your, your job is, don't let that job be an excuse for you to be not be in church on Sunday morning. Why are you not in church? Oh, you know, on Saturday, I was very, very tired. Even on Sunday morning, my boss called me. Listen, if you get a job that will be engaging on Sunday morning, tell them you don't like it. God will give you something better. Yeah. You don't like what I just said. Sure, <laughs> hey, if you are not smart, 
you, you will die, go to heaven, and you realize you didn't do anything for God. You didn't do anything for God. We are not going to be here forever. Or you don't know. Ask God about you. You have, ten, you have this place in mind. Like you'll be here forever. <laughs> Tell me about Charlie. The way I'm seeing your face, like you, you are thinking you'll be here. Like. <laughs> you will not be here forever. There's a place that God wants for you and I. Yeah. Jesus is not there because of your job. He's not there because of your marriage. Yeah, it will not do much for you. Your business is so important to you that because of your business, God should go to hell. (laughs) Oh yeah, God should go to hell. There are various excuses that people give. Reasons why they couldn't do something for the Lord. Yeah, first thing, business. Let's look at some of those things. Can we look at it? Yeah. Where is it found? Look at our, hallelujah. If you don't like what I'm saying, I'm preaching. I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just preaching. After church, you can come and counsel me concerning the things I should preach. Hallelujah. Luke 14, 16. Then said he unto, unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. He invited many people to come. And set his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. You, you, I, I, I'm doing my party. I've invited you. Big party. Come and come and enjoy. Come and come and eat. Actually, the invitation God has given to us is an invitation for our own good. God didn't have to care about us. He didn't have to care about us. He could have just left us to be, everybody will go to hell. Everybody's he will create another, do another creation. Isn't it? Yeah. Even God suggested that to Moses. Moses told God told Moses that listen, these Israelites they are too some way. They are too stiff-necked. Everything, I'm trying to change their life. They are not even my enemy. Let me kill all of them. <laughs> Let me finish all of them and I'll raise another generation out of you. Moses said that God is not good. If you do that, it's unrighteousness. Change your life. <laughs> you know, what, what that, that scripture does not mean that you can tell God what to do. I had a prophet also say that uh, a prophet that he was trying to elevate the ministry of a prophet. He said the prophet is the only one who can change God from who can prevent God from sinning. People are saying things, though, brothers and sisters. It's a very serious thing. You wonder how they are reading the Bible. Then he used that particular scripture as the means of as his explanation. My wife, my wife was there. Well, I made her listen to it. Yeah, like only prophets can change, God, prevent God from sinning. When God was going to sin, it was a prophet that prevented him from sinning. I can prevent God from sinning. Hey! It's another shock. You are, you are so surprised, you can't even say, like, ah, why? Who are you? Hallelujah. Yeah, so he sent, he sent, go and invite them. And they all, with one concern, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excuse. Now, this is evening all. The dinner is great supper, it's evening. Is supper not taking in the evening? It's taking at 12 a.m. 12 p.m. Is it 12 p.m. or in the evening? It's around 5, 6, thereabouts, isn't it? If you go for a party, drink up, it's in the evening. So just, God was also organizing a drink up in the evening. But this guy said that I have bought me a property, I have some land that I've just, I need to go and go and inspect it. So there are those who are into property things. They are always into property, like they are spending their life. In acquiring things, acquiring things, 
and a, and a round tree, there's this wonderful woman of God who had a vision of heaven. She was taken into heaven for days, physically, like she was taken. She was locked up in the room and she was taken for days. And she was moving in heaven. An angel was guiding her, moving in heaven. Then she saw a small angel, an angel very small, like a five-year-old, with a small voice calling unto her, oh, come. She was in, in, in sand. The small angel was in sand. You know, but when you look at her eyes, you realize that she's grown. She's not a small girl, but she has a stature of a, of, a, of a small child, five-year-old child. She called, oh, Anna, come and let's play. Come and play with me. Nana said, ask the angel who was escorting her, should I go? The angel said, oh, you can't go free and go. So she went, and then they stayed, she stayed with the, the angel, the small angel, playing in the sun, and they were building sun castles. You know sun castle? They were building sun castles. They built, built. Build, build. Then the sea will just blow and come and take everything away. Then she said, oh, let's build another one. Build, build, build. And then the sea will blow and come and take it away. Then I said, oh, what's going on? Why? Then she said, oh, but this is what you're also doing on earth. This is what you're doing on earth. You are building things that will never last. That will just, haven't you seen goods and houses and all that trading hands before? Listen. Someone can chase money and become very rich and the person will finally die and go away. When the person dies and goes away, his children, foolish boys and girls, will just inherit that thing and chop all the money and make the... I know someone who drank, he drank a whole building away. Do you understand what I mean? He drank a building, like his father's building. He drank it away. Yeah, he was just drinking. He, he, he took the... He, he sold the house... Boozing, just boozing, just boozing. He drank all the air conditions one by one. <laughs> we just take an air condition, go and put it down, and then start drinking. There's nothing you can do outside of God that will work. I'm telling you. Solomon mentioned, he said, This is a vanity. People building things that they will never live in, that will never, they will never use. It's a vexation of spirit. How many houses can you sleep in? You who are into, you want, you are into, you know, I want to build this house, I want to build this house, I want to have one house in UK, another house in America, I want to have another house in Mexico, I want to have another house in Asenkrigua, I want to have another house in, and you want to have a house in every area, and that's what you are living your life for. God should go to, God should go to the back. You are not into, let me build for, for God. You have to be into those things. All those who labor to be a blessing into the house of God are the ones who actually get the money. Yes. If you are into jumping that thing like I want to make, if you make money or aim, you will never have it. Yes. That is how money is. Oh, yes. you don't know. You don't know about money. If you like, try and chase money. Something, one thing will just happen, and then you lose all the money. Yes. Yeah, there's just a man. There's a man around. I was insulting God and saying all kinds of things about tithing and God, who is God? I should give my 10% to God for what? Give, 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 give. Yeah. Saying things. Something just happened. <laughs> he lost his company. All his two know has just left. Right? He's not dead. I told a certain man about him. I said that. This man said, oh, uh, tithing is whatever and whatever. He said, hey, the man, has, the man is dead. He will beg before he dies. That was what he said. That's what the pastor said. He said he will beg before he... This guy is not even a pastor. He's a businessman as well, just like this one. He said, oh, if this man said that, then he will beg before he dies. Yeah. If you chase money, it will elude you. Let's chase God. You don't like my message. (laughs) 
Don't let your education be the first. You can go to school, do masters, whatever. It will not mean much. I'm not saying don't do masters. I've done masters. I'll do PhD very soon. I'm into such things. But God is the one who tells me what to do. I don't just say, okay, this is what's really flowing. Let me go and do this. Let me go and do it. No, 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 I'm not into that. Excuses. Hmm? Give excuses. Oh, oh I'm, 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 I'm checking my land in the night. Why? Why? <laughs> Can you see the borders of the land in the night? And during those times, there were no, usually their light was not the way it is now. They had sandals with lights on the tip. That's why it says, where is the light onto my path, isn't it? They had sandals with lights in front of it. That showed them where to go. So they didn't have big lights. So you can't, I don't know how he's going to measure the thing. I said, oh, Charlie, I'm going to do some one or two things. Have me excuse. Go to the next guy. And I said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. This is the businessman. He's into business. He's into building an empire. He wants to be, be like Bill Gates. <laughs> Some of the people you want to be like never wanted to be like the way they are now. They weren't building. They weren't trying to build an empire. I don't know what you want to, what you want to do with your life. But if I were you, I'll spend my life. People have done things. Do you know about Julius Caesar? How many of you know about Julius Caesar? You know about him because of literature. How many of you know about Genghis Khan? You, see, you don't know. But Genghis Khan was the only person who, at one point in, his, in time in his life, had the whole world under him. The whole world. He conquered the whole world. But you, see, you don't even know him. He's from Mongolia. He was from Mongolia. Mongo- if you go to Mongolia, there's, no, there's nothing. All the, the empire he tried to build is nothing. It's useless. You know what killed him? A woman was the one who killed him. After all, yeah, yeah, a woman just chopped off his, his properties. Hallelujah. Yeah, the woman chopped off his pee-pee in the bed. And he bled to death. That was how he died. Because he loved women. History says that there are about 16 million people currently who have his genes in them. 16 million. One six million. Yeah, he was a producer. He, gets, he, just, he was the father of many nations. He was a donor. Yeah, plenty of people just give. Very, very wild warrior. Yeah, many wars. They are the ones who could shoot arrows whilst riding horses. They can go under the horse and shoot arrows. Hey, if you read about them, you'll be surprised. They were wild people. You don't even know about Can you imagine? You don't know about them. You don't even care about them. Meanwhile, Jesus lived before him. People have built things, but we don't we made other things first in their life. They want to conquer the world. They want to build whatever. There's nothing wrong with that. But make God first. Let God's call upon your life be the first thing you will honor and the first thing you live for. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's very important. Very, very, very important. Look at the next guy. He's worse. And another said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. He said, I cannot come. All the others said, have me excused. Have me excused. This one, he has married a wife. I cannot come. 
Because for many, as soon as they marry, that's the end. The ministry is gone. Ministry is blown into the air. They will never ever do anything for the Lord again, ever. Let tell them, but let Jesus be first in your life. Tell the other person, the one behind you, let Jesus be first in your life. Is the first. He has the preeminence everywhere and in everything. If you don't put him first, your marriage will not work. If you don't put him first, and I'm not talking about, oh God, you are first. I'm talking about practically making him first in your life. Do you understand? Practically. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Do you even read your Bible? Do you even talk to him? You must open your Bible. There's something called quiet time. It's as though it's a demon. It's like right now, quiet time is a demon. It's as though it's a waste of time, like you are wasting so much time. It's not all. That is the only way for you to succeed. Because you need God to whisper to you certain things that will help you to succeed. Check all those who succeeded in the Bible. They succeeded because they had God. You see, Abraham was a rich man, isn't it? Was Abraham a rich man? Look at Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 15. One, two, three. You see it. Was, was Abraham rich? Abraham was so rich that when he was entering Egypt... The king was the one who came to meet him. You, when you come from, when you are entering the airport, when you are getting down from the plane, that, that's our president come and come and greet you. No, no, mind you. Nobody will mind you. Even your family will not come. Is it true? <laughs> <laughs> Genesis chapter 15. They will not mind you. Abraham was entering Egypt and Pharaoh was the one who came to meet him. Abraham was going to Gera, the land of the Philistines. The king was the one who came to meet him. They are the ones who were hosting him. Very rich. Very, go to chapter 13, rather. Chapter 13, verse 1. There's one here, but you go to chapter 13, verse 1. And Abraham went up out of, and his wife, blah, blah, blah. Verse, verse 2. And Abraham was very rich. Have you seen it? He was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. You want that? There's something you must be involved in. You must make God first. You must hear from God. If you don't hear from God, all your efforts will mean nothing. Yesterday I saw a picture of Bishop Dag and the president of the country. Bishop Dag had gone to go and look at, eh, sorry, the president had gone to go and look at what they had built, their, their Bible seminary. I mean, if you do what God says you do, presidents will come, nations will come and come and see what you are doing. I know men will go and they enter nations, the president is craving to see them, they'll say, oh, I didn't come for you. And, go, and the president can't say anything. The president can say, get out of my country. Yeah, Bishop Oedipo entered a certain country. When, he, when the president said he wants to see him, he said, no, oh, I'm preaching. I'm about my, my father's business. I didn't come for you. I came for the gospel. So he preached and boarded the plane and left. You try and do it and see what will happen. <laughs> They were even bouncing. I remember there was a day they, 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 were, they were going, they were just flying, and then they entered a particular country. They didn't, none of them had visa to enter the country. But they came, they entered, came to the airport. When he said, oh, where's your visa? He said, oh, we, we didn't bring some. He said, oh, enter. Please, next time when I come in, please try and bring it. Enter. Okay, yes, we didn't enter. If you obey God, if you let God be first in your life and obey his word, let his word be the first thing, like, he's first, he's first, he's chief. You'll be shocked at how God will honor you. All the things people are looking for, God will give to you. There are a lot of things I don't have to buy. Yeah. To be honest, if I say I want shoe, all of you buy me shoe. Yeah. That would be my if I say I want shoe, I can get at least thousand shoes. Yeah. My size may get finished in the in the town. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
say make Jesus first in your life. Tell anybody, make Jesus. Say, I'll make him first in my life. Yeah. Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. But he had listened to the voice of God in chapter 12, verse 1. Now God has said to Abraham, get thee out. And go back, go to chapter 13, verse 12, verse 1, rather. Read it to me, one to go. Verse 2. And I'll make of thee a great nation, and I'll bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a bl- Have you seen it? You shall be a blessing. That was what God told him. And if you check Abraham's life, Abraham was a man who listened to God and always pleased God first and always obeyed what God had to say. If there's anything to learn from Abraham, it's the, it's the, the, the fact that he was obedient to God and always kept God first. Always. I don't know about you. I want to succeed though. I want to have some things working in my life. The means of having that is by making God Jesus first, practically. Practically. And it starts by reading your Bible in the morning, quiet time. Spend some 30 minutes reading your Bible and make notes out of what you read. The pastor quoted the scripture. Let me read it for myself and make a note by it. Okay? You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked at how wise you become. How smart you become. How the influence of the Spirit on your life will just multiply. You see, the Holy Spirit, eh? the Holy Spirit can, can change a lot of things in your life. Okay? The Holy Spirit is an active spirit, though. He's not just uh, like something cool like we speak in Tomona, Bashabala, but He's not just speaking in tongues. He's speaking in tongues is the language He gives to grant you, but He has an active influence upon your life. Okay? And one of the things the Holy Spirit does is that he's the only one who can help you become productive. Real productivity is from God. It's not from anybody. If you've read your Bible very carefully, the Bible says that concerning Isaac, every other person planted, didn't get anything, but Isaac planted and received. Why did Isaac get a hundredfold when he planted? Because he had head. God told him. The others didn't hear God say anything. God told Isaac, because I, God, Isaac makes God first. God told him, plant in this particular land. You reap a hundredfold. He did. And when you obeyed and did that, productivity came, isn't it? Yeah. Jesus said in John chapter 15, he says, for without me, you can do nothing. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. So without without making him first, (laughs) there are a lot of things you cannot do. Okay. I want to be productive. That's why I make, I make him first. I'll make him first. I want to be able to do things. He even acts on your energy, your physical energy. Others of you always feel weak. When you wake up from bed, you are feeling weak. The Holy Spirit has to act on you some more. You must ask him to influence your strength. Yeah. Have you ever read about Samson? Samson killed 1,000 people with the jawbone of a donkey. Have you, has your father done something before? <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's not normal. It's not normal. Strong. The guy meets a lion, a young lion, says a young lion, a lion that is in his prime, and tears him into pieces like he would tear a, a, a kid or a, or a goat. He tore him into pieces like a goat. Goat cries, not easy to tear him into pieces. Chicken cries, not easy. When you're even biting a chicken, realize it's not a small thing. 
Yeah. He tore the thing into pieces. Strength. The guy carried a metallic gate on his back and climbed the hill with it. He was a normal. You know, listen, the, the videos have been showing like something was very baller. He was like commando. He was not like commando. Schwarzenegger. He was not like Schwarzenegger. He was normal, normal guy. You know, even suspecting. That's why they, they didn't. You know, you know, suspect that this, this is the something you're talking about. He was a normal guy working. Sometimes they couldn't even tell who he was. Someone had to point out that this is something. Because the Holy Spirit, the Bible will say that, and I saw God came upon him mightily, influencing his physical strength. Physical strength to be able to do more without getting tired. Yeah, so you can, you can have, you're a student, you are learning. Make Jesus first in your life. He can influence your strength to the point that when you sit down to learn, you can go six hours and you've not stood up. And you are not tired. You don't want to drink or tired. You don't want to eat. You, don't. you are just learning. He's acting on your strength. You're a businessman. You can bestow a lot of labor on your business because you've made him first. You'll be shocked at the strength you have to be able to do what you're doing. You'll be going and you're not tired. You just realize you're not tired. You're just going every time, going every time, going every time. You're not tired. So much strength is the Holy Spirit. It's not exercise. Don't you realize that you exercise sometimes and it doesn't work? Exercise is powerful. I'm not saying exercise is good. For physical exercise, exercise is profitable. It's good. But ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit who grants you strength. Okay? Physical strength. Apart from that, he grants you spiritual strength to be able to do things. You see, there are wild things that happen in the spirit. Without spiritual strength, you can't do a lot of things. Who is the one who gave Jesus the ability to overcome the devil in the desert? In the desert when he was fasting? It's the Holy Spirit. He granted him spiritual strength to overcome the devil. You think the temptation Jesus went through was a, was a small thing? Not a small thing. So there are temptations in your life that you cannot, can, you cannot overcome unless the Holy Spirit grants you spiritual strength from within. Eh? It's in Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 15. It talks about being strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Your, your spirit man becoming strong to be able to overcome. Eh? Do you understand what I'm saying? That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might by... You are strengthened with might by his Holy Spirit in your inner man. Spiritual strength. Sp- real spiritual strength. You are strong when it comes to... You see, you cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. You know you cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. You know you cannot swear some of the sins that are around. It's not a small thing to be a virgin, no. How many of you know it's not a small thing to be a virgin these days? The only virgins that are left are the, the airplanes. Virgin Atlantic. It's not a small thing to be a virgin. No. Ask the ladies. Eh? It's not a small thing. Yeah, because the guys are wild. <laughs> They'll break your virginity right now. They'll just shop. There are so many virgin breakers in the system. Yeah, Obumpa. Do you know Obumpa? Hey. They'll just be lying to baby. He's lying. He doesn't have anything for you. He just wants to break your virginity. It's not... Oh, am I telling the truth or I'm lying? No, in the system we are in, when you, you put the TV on, everybody's shaking their bottles. Even if it's Pepsodent. Pepsodent, they are like toothpaste. They are doing toothpaste. You see someone's ties. Even Milo, like Milo, we are coming to drink Milo. Somewhere, a lady will be wearing a brightness. Drink the Milo. It will make your body become something. Hey! Get a lot of shout if you like what I'm saying. It is not easy to be holy in the world we are living in. It is not easy at all. Without spiritual strength from within, you will be a chief sinner. 
are, you will be chief for Niketa. Hey. Anything in sketch, you will just. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Without the Holy Spirit, it can't work. Make him first in your life, and you see your morality just falling in place. Morality is not, it's not, if you are, you are spiritually sound and you are sanctified, you realize your consecration is on point, it's not your strength. If you trust yourself, you'll be shocked at what will happen to you. The Bible says that take heed if you think that you are standing, lest you fall. If you, if you, as soon as you get to your mind, like you are something, you are, you are so wild, you are a prayer papa, you are something. Before you realize something bad has happened to you, you are in someone's bed. Yeah, you have dirty. Why are you hoofing? What you have said? You have dirty yourself. Like you need spiritual strength to be able to stand, to be able to overcome, to be able to trust God and go with God and do all those things. And it comes by the Holy Spirit. If you don't make confession in your life, nothing will work. You should be struggling in vain. Jesus was declared the Son of God by the Spirit of holiness. Romans chapter one verse four. Look at Romans chapter one verse four. Yeah, spiritual strength, physical strength, spiritual strength. He's the one who grants it. If you don't make him first in your life, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Struggle, sir, every time. One sin you can't stop. You do it over and over and over. You should be asking. You wake up and dear Holy Spirit, strengthen me spiritually. May I be strengthened with might by your spirit in my inner man. I want my spirit to become so strong, he controls my body, controls my flesh, and controls my mind. In the name of Jesus. That's what you should do. Eh? He's talking about Jesus. Go to let's read from a story so that it makes more sense. Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God. How was he declared to be the Son of God? Do you know what it means to be the Son of God? He, son of God is a spiritual, like very spiritual, wild. During those times, is this days that we, everybody is a child of God, is a son of God. First eh? John 3 1 is now active in our lives. Behold. What man of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And that's not yet appear what... But even now when you realize that your actions show that you are not a son of God. Like if you depend on your actions, you realize that Charlie, you are a son of the devil or something. But Jesus was declared eh, to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. He was, it was done according to the, by the spirit of holiness. Yeah, so if you don't make him in your life, even your son of God will not work. You realize that all your actions are son of something else. Son of pornography, son of masturbation, son of stealing, son of foolishness. Rather than son of God, you need him. Charlie, make him first though. Tell me about make him first though. Make him first. He's, he's, he's first. He has a preeminence. Do you understand? He has preeminence. He's, he's first. He must be first. Every single day of my life, he's first. I was like, there's nothing. He says, you can do nothing without me. For without me, you can do nothing. Jesus meant it though. He was not joking when he said that. He meant it. Even he was declared the son of God. According, eh, with, with power, according to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection from the dead. Yeah. Hallelujah. Strengthen from within. You will know that they say you should be, we should be sanctified. You are declared holy. But you realize you're active, your practice, your your life is not. That's why you must you must pray every morning, dear Holy Spirit, influence my life. Let your influence upon my life be high. Yeah. You see, without spiritual strength, you can't pray. And without prayer, too, you can't there are a lot of things you can do. Prayer is too important. You know, prayer is too important. There's nothing that happens physically. 
which has not happened spiritually. Every physical thing that can happen in your life must first, first of all happen in the spirit. You know Jesus was not crucified. Jesus' crucifixion did not take place physically, first of all. It took place spiritually. He was, the Bible says that he was crucified before the foundation of the earth. Before the foundation that he had been, it had happened spiritually already. Before it happened physically. So there are things that you must settle spiritually before you can have them happening physically. Do you understand? And it comes through something called prayer. Praying in tongues. But you realize you can pray Mola, Shali, Kalaba, Rabasa. It is so difficult to pray like you are praying to someone who does not talk back. God doesn't talk back. You can pray. I'm with you. Hey, Just one. You just say, I'm with you. Hey, Sometimes you can pray for a long time. He's not said anything to you. So I went to pray, so I prayed one, one full day. Munagaske, Palekoya, Papapapapaya. I was just praying, praying. I didn't hear anything. Whilst I was sleeping, God told me about somebody else I was not even thinking about. Like, to call this person and tell him to do this. Oh, Charlie, by me, I came to come and pray to you, to talk to you. What, what's the meaning about this? It's not a joke to pray to somebody who, like, he doesn't talk much. You can't see, you can't talk, you can't see him. You see, we don't because you don't pray because you, you, you it's like you are wondering if what you're even doing is even working. Is it true? Yeah. It's one of the major reasons. You don't know whether it's really working or it's not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need spiritual fortitude to be able to stand and pray for three hours without an answer and still be going. Yeah, without that, you you will be shocked. Tell me about making first. Tell the other person, make him first. Don't be like the guy in there. Eh? He says, I've married, I cannot come. I have married, I cannot come. I'm into business. I'm into whatever. I'm into academics. I'm into whatever. If you don't make him first, your academics will not work. We have all gone to school. You, those of you who are in school, you don't think that we've not gone to school. Me too, I've gone. The same school you've gone to, I've gone to. Yeah, I've gone. We've all gone there. But we made God first. That is why we are something. If we are anything, it's because God is first. I'm not known for, for something else. I've taught for five years. So I taught in a secondary school for five years. I was a chemistry teacher. Do you know me for chemistry teaching? What do you know me for? The word of God. Hallelujah. Focus on the right thing. Okay? God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.